Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 716 Hawaii. Uh, a lot to get into here on a Thursday, so let's not waste any time. Let's head out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Grant Mona. Grant, how are you? Doing good, doing good. It's cold in Southern California, and uh, I think we're getting into that season, but good start to 2024. Yeah, exactly. Um, listen, I mean, the, the good thing is, Grant, that we are in Southern California, Vegas, Hawaii. It gets cold in Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, but generally speaking, when we complain about the weather, we're with our friends, you know, Los Angeles, yes. Vegas, Hawaii. It's warm weather. Uh, no one in New York or back east wants to hear us complain about the <laughs> right. weather. Um, all right. I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, the news that happened yesterday. Again, we talked about, um, I think we're in agreement. Like, I, I definitely wanted the Rams to um, try to win this game. I think that there is some, some value in being the number six seed. There's a convoluted... Crazy things have to happen, but maybe there's a way that the Rams could potentially, as a six seed, you know, host a conference championship game at the very least. Uh, you know, you want to be the higher seed. I do think at the end of the day, Sean McVay looked at all of the pros and the cons of this, and he said, listen, my guys, thankfully, are healthy going into the last week of the season. Um, in his mind, perhaps it's a coin flip, depending on who they play. It doesn't really matter whether they go to Dallas to Detroit or Philadelphia, um, he has made the choice to sit his main guys. Carson Wentz will get the start at quarterback. Matthew Stafford will sit. Cooper Cup will sit. Darren Donald will sit. I think anyone that you've heard of that's going to play may play the first half, and that's about it. Uh, Grant, your thoughts on that? Uh, it, I believe it's the right decision, and it's just because it's guys that have been banged up or guys that are, you know, veterans or critical parts of this team. Kyron Williams obviously is a very crucial part of this team. When Kyron Williams wasn't in the lineup and when he was injured on the IR, it was a completely different Rams offense. So I, I see why they're sitting him, even though he's a young player. Um, but I wanted to mention that there, there's four guys named to the Pro Bowl from the Rams, uh, yesterday. Uh, Aaron Donald, of course. Um, Matthew Stafford got his second Pro Bowl nod. It's crazy. Matthew Stafford <laughs> only has two Pro Bowl nods in his career. This is his second, very deserving. And then two rookies. Well, actually, one rookie and one guy that's kind of a rookie. Yeah. Aaron Williams and Puka Nakua got Pro Bowl nods. And that is just a testament to this team and kind of why you see, I mean, Three of those four guys are going to sit in week 18 against the Niners because they are so crucial. And 
I know the seeding and everything. People are talking about, oh, well, you know, we want to play the Lions. You don't want to play the the Cowboys. And, you know, for me, you're going to get a tough test anyways. And I know you want to be the six seed because a six seed historically has a better record in playoff scenarios. A seven seed has never won a playoff game, which is crazy. It's only only been in effect for, for some years now. It hasn't been in effect for a long time, but they've never won a playoff game. So, you can factor that in if you want, but in this instance, the Rams have always kind of rested guys. They've always, even in the preseason, they don't play any of their their top yeah. guys, like none of them. Look, this is these are guys that just went to the Super Bowl two calendar years ago, so they kind of know how to make a playoff run regardless. I, I think this is one of the better things because in that 2021 Super Bowl run, they didn't even get a week off. They played everybody in, yeah. in the last week, and then they played the next week anyways. So this is kind of a a bigger rest than their Super Bowl run, which is kind of crazy to say because they have a, a much lower seed. But I do think it's the right decision. And look, it just gives you a chance to see Carson. Carson Wentz is a decent backup. Yeah. He was in and out of the league and he wasn't called upon a lot this year. And they, the Rams finally gave him a chance. Carson Wentz had comparable stats to Matthew Stafford in that Super Bowl year that Matthew Stafford had. He's not a bad backup, so we're going to get a USC legend in Sam Darnold against Carson Wentz. If I would have told you that Carson Wentz is playing against the Niners, <laughs> a playoff-bound Rams team in 2018, I, my head probably would have exploded. So I, I'm kind of excited. I'm excited to see this team just gel together. The, the, I'm, I'm excited to see some of the secondary players play, some guys that didn't get opportunities. I'm not really worried about the matchup because it's going to be tough against Detroit and it's going to be tough against Dallas. You're going to have to beat a very good football team either way. I'd rather them be healthy doing it. You're going to be indoors both ways anyways in, yeah. in most scenarios, I guess. Um, uh, I am fascinated again. This is not the matchup that we thought, but you know, I think these are the two of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. I yeah. think these are two quarterbacks that, um, you know, were top two picks not that long ago and two guys who could once again be starting quarterbacks in the league. Again, you know this quarterback very well, Baker Mayfield, last oh, season. Yeah. His career may have been done. And I think if Carson Wentz um, shows up and shows out and has an amazing game, I mean, you're going to see like a line of quarterbacks out the door at, at Rams camp basically saying, Hey, like, I'll take a minimum deal, uh, just to play for Sean McVay, right. just knowing that Stafford is, you know, listen, he may get hurt from time to time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I get my shot with this offense and that play caller, like, 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 like I might have new life. I mean, Grant, mm-hmm. like, remember when Baker Mayfield signed? Mm-hmm. His career was essentially done, right? Yeah. And, and this yeah. was a player that you had been following for quite some time. I mean, is there, again, we're just talking about one game and it's not, uh, you know, it's not a, a series of games, but listen, if Carson Wentz gives the Rams their first regular season win over Kyle Shanahan with Sean McVay as a coach, I think a couple of teams out there could be like, Hey, we need a good starting quarterback. And I know that some fans are going to be like, do we start Carson Wentz in round one? I know they're going to say that. No, you don't. Um, but yeah, like, like you said, I'm just excited to see what he, he can bring to the table as a backup quarterback. And, you know, there's a lot of clamoring about maybe bringing him back as a backup next year, but I think that he deserves a starting job. And, you know, depending on this game, like you said, if he can go into San Francisco or Santa Clara, I should say, and beat a Niners team that the Rams don't ever beat in the regular season, first of all, he'll be a Rams legend and Rams lord. 
four in the history books forever. But second of all, you're right. He may have teams lining up to see that because even the, the, the Niners defense, even without some of their best players, is still pretty respectable. So yeah. uh, I, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited to see this matchup because I still think Sam Darnold has a lot to prove, too. When I he came in for Brock Purdy, I think he's still a very talented quarterback. He showed a lot of flashes in that Ravens game. Or I forgot. I think it was the Ravens it game. It was Baltimore, and not yeah. that there was any kind of quarterback controversy, but right. Brock Purdy couldn't do anything against that <laughs> Baltimore uh, squad. Sam Darnold goes in there, leads them to a touchdown. Again, that game was pretty much done at that point. But, yeah, yeah I mean, listen, I'm, I, I'm really excited about these, these uh, two guys. And uh, for the Rams, I am with you. Uh, it's all about health. And besides, I mean, I think we, we found out last year, you know, the, the importance of health. I mean, that, yes. that was not a, a five and 12 team or whatever. I mean, that, that, that was just a team that, that wasn't healthy. Um, yes, there is a Super Bowl hangover, but forget the hangover. Like if that team was healthy throughout the season, um, and the officials didn't <laughs> screw them over in Seattle, oh, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, a playoff con- contending team. Um, switching gears to the uh, Chargers, and I only bring them up because again, it looks like they're going to basically sit majority of their players. The Chiefs yeah. are going to sit their players. I mean, uh, feel bad for any, uh, uh, Chiefs fans who are making the uh, trip out here to uh, mm-hmm. watch that game or whatnot. But um, I really do believe that the Chargers have to realize that A, they're in Los Angeles. B, they're opening up a brand new practice facility in the South Bay. C, I mean, y- y- they're so far behind the Rams at this point. I mean, when, when they both moved here, what I said was, well, shoot, the Rams haven't had a winning season in 13 years. Mm-hmm. Jeff Fisher is their coach. I mean, this isn't the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, the, the Chargers have a chance here. Lo and behold, the Rams got lucky. They they uh, hired Sean McVay, just an absolute guru. Uh, they've gone to two Super Bowls. They've won one. They've, they've had perhaps his best coaching season. Um, and, and great, I mean, they're really positioned for long-term success now. If you're the Chargers... I, you have to get Jim Harbaugh. And again, there's going to be competition with you, within your division to get Jim Harbaugh. The Las Vegas Raiders, according to reports, they're in conversations to maybe bring in Jim Harbaugh. And oh, like, let's not forget that Tom Brady is a, um, you know, a part owner, minority, a very minor share. Again, he's a Michigan man. Um, the importance of the Chargers, Grant, to, to, to do something to move the needle here. Yeah, it is, it is incredibly important. Could be one of the, the most important off seasons in their history, I think, just because of what kind of pieces they have as their core and what they can bring in. This is your opportunity to go big fishing. This is your opportunity to go get that big hire. And there were reports swirling about Bill Belichick. If he were to leave the Patriots, if he would come to the Chargers, I don't think that's a real possibility. Maybe. I'm not sure because I've seen a lot of crazy things happen. But I think the main guy should be Jim Harbaugh. I mean, Jim Harbaugh hired, what, what did he just hire, an NFL agent or an yeah. NFL assistant, yeah. right? So uh, it seems like he's preparing to move on from Michigan. And if he if if Michigan wins the national championship, I think it's a foregone conclusion because yeah. he did what he had to do there. Um, and, and to get a guy like Jim Harbaugh who... From reports, and look, we're all, we're saying reports because nothing's confirmed yet, but from all reports, it seems like Jim Harbaugh is fascinated with Justin Herbert, which is a good thing. But the charges, you need that kind of voice, that kind of star head coach that is, he got the Niners to the Super Bowl. I know they didn't win, but he got them to the Super Bowl 10 years ago. 
he, I mean, he got Michigan to the national championship this year. We'll see what happens there. So the Chargers need to go big fish hunting and bring in those types of players because that's what the Rams do. They brought in Sean McVay. They drafted Jared Goff and he turned it into a star. They have Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup. They bring in players. They got Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. And they, you know, they bring in those big time stars and the Chargers have, it just hasn't panned out. And, you know, you, I don't like to compare a lot of things to the Clippers and the Lakers, but I relate a lot of things that the Chargers have done to the Clippers. They've tried to go get that big yeah. star. They've tried to, to ch- kind of change the culture. I just don't think Brandon Staley was the right voice and the right person for that type of team. Now, that's the good thing about it is that they have such a great core. They have Justin Herbert. You know, they still have Bosa. They still have some good pieces here and there that you can point out and say, okay, well, nothing's lost for sure, but they need to go get a few star pieces. They need to bring that star factor to LA. And, and you can say, oh, well, they're not trying to compete with the Rams. Yes, they are. Everyone's trying to compete with the Rams. You, you have to because for the Chargers to bring in fans, you need those types of players. You need those types of voices. I can just see Jim Harbaugh fitting into that Chargers team and him wearing those colors and being in L.A. so well. I just think it would work really well. And if it's not Harbaugh, go after somebody else huge. They just need that type of person. I mean, there's, there's potentially two big names out there. Again, Jim Harbaugh is the head coach of the University of Michigan. They're playing in the national championship on Monday. Besides just him potentially winning the championship on Monday, there's this looming, uh, you know, there's stories out there, there's reports out there that maybe, just maybe, uh, there might be more sanctions. Maybe he might get suspended mm-hmm. for a few games. Maybe the whole season. Maybe, and, you know, and, and again, don't want to equate this to Pete Carroll because I, I really think Pete genuinely got a great opportunity in Seattle and he didn't think the you-know-what was going to hit the fan the yeah. way that it did at USC. But he's like, I think now's the right time. I think Harbaugh, beyond just knowing it's the right time, shoot, you got uh, you know, suspended for the last few games yeah. of the season. Uh, you know the NCAA is coming after you, uh, and they're coming after you for stuff, quite frankly, that, that, that the league doesn't care about. Whether it's a uh, a scout buying a ticket and watching another team play, mm-hmm. totally fine in the NFL yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Uh, buying a cheeseburger for a player, you, you you go down the list of these infractions. <laughs> it's like none of this stuff matters to the National Football League. And the other thing, Grant, is that he has a track record of success when it comes to the NFL. It's not like he's one of yes. these college coaches. It's really at every single turn. He's had success, whether it's in San Diego, University of San Diego, small-time program, but it was his first co- uh, mm-hmm. a coaching job, Stanford. I mean, people don't realize how bad that program was. Took them to a BCS a bowl game. Uh, took over a garbage 49ers team. Yeah. Uh, led them to the Super Bowl. Took over Michigan. Now he has them one win away from winning their first national championship since 1998. So just a track record there. <clears throat> the other thing that I want to bring up, and I mention this not because it's important for a coach to have, you know, uh, premier facilities with their new state-of-the-art uh, practice facility in the South Bay, Part of this is a little bit like what the Cowboys have at their facility. They're selling private membership to, mm. you know, top tier fans, you know, uh, who have a ton of money. And it's a kind of a private club where uh, you could buy a membership, excuse me, grab a drink or grab a bite. You're going to do that if Jim Harbaugh's the coach. You're not going to do that if oh, you yeah. hire 
some like young offensive coordinator. They've done that in the past with Anthony Lynn uh, and Mike McCoy, where it's like, hey, this guy's a coordinator. Maybe he could become a good head coach one day. You got to swing for the fences. The other thing is Bill Belichick might become available. Uh, that's my other question for you, Grant. Do you think, do you think that Bill Belichick's time in New England is finally done? I think it has to be. Now, I don't, I like the Patriots, the way they act is kind of like a mom and pop shop to where they want to keep everyone around and in the family. So I'm not sure, but I think it should happen. I think that it's run its course. I mean, it's been what, three years since Tom Brady left that team and we have seen no signs of them improving. We've seen no signs of them even remotely close to content, contention without Brady. So I'm not going to put the blame and I'm not going to start the debate of was it Brady? was a Belichick. I'm not going to do that. But for the Patriots, you need to move forward. You need to start a new era. And for them, I think Bill Belichick should be gone. I mean, I, I hate to say this because Bill Belichick is the probably one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coaches of all time through any sport. But his GM abilities have declined, and he is not bringing in the right players. They're not drafting the right players. I just think that this has run its course, and you need to make that change. I know it's probably going to hurt. It's going to hurt to the Patriots fans. It's going to hurt to the front office. It's, it'll probably hurt Bill Belichick. But I've heard reports of Bill Belichick liking the West Coast. I mean, who doesn't? It's awesome. But still, Bill Belichick, if he's available... I would probably make him the priority. I would not make him a GM slash head coach. I would just make him a head coach and maybe give him a front office role, not the GM, because I don't really like his track record being a GM with the Patriots. But if Bill Belichick's available, of course you should put him. I I don't know, Arash. Would you put him over Harbaugh? I don't know. That's a great question. I think I would. I mean, the the homework that I would do, and again, these are – two of the best coaches. And again, Bill Belichick with his track record of Super Bowls and all that. Um, the one question that I have for him, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm not concerned by this, is when you look at, the, at his track record as a head coach mm-hmm. in the National Football League without Tom Brady. And again, I, 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 they both needed each other. I mean, I, I'm right. not the type that says, that says uh, he's not a great head coach with without him but um i guess that's my only question I mean, with, with with jim harbaugh you just look at every stop he's had whether it's university of san diego stanford 49ers and michigan he's just won and he's turned right. around a bad team and a bad program um with belichick i, I know he's chasing don shula it is uh, it is unfortunate because so is andy reed and Reed has a superior team long term. <laughs> so, uh, my guess is Bill Belichick will win the record, but Andy Reed will pass him one day. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put Belichick slightly ahead of Harbaugh, but yeah, I just like that Harbaugh's younger, kind of has that, you know, college, you know, he, he was just in college. Certainly if he's coming off of a national championship game, who, who would you pick? I think I wouldn't pick Harbaugh just because of the reasons that you said. Like, he's turned everything that he touches into gold. And I know that some of those teams have run their courses, but, I mean, like you said, he turned Michigan into a powerhouse. He turned the Niners into a powerhouse for years, not just one year. It wasn't a flash in the pan. Um, He turned Stanford into a powerhouse when they had no reason being that. So 
And I haven't seen that with Bill Belichick. I just haven't seen it. I know that he took the Patriots team back in the early 2000s to what it is now, and I understand that. But I haven't seen it lately. I haven't seen him. Like, if I had any confidence in Bill Belichick's ability to transform a team, it would have happened already. But I just haven't seen it with the Patriots. So I I think if you need a a guy that's going to transform something, yeah, I would go with Harbaugh because of all the reasons that you mentioned. I mean, he just... Everything he touches turns to gold, it seems like. And for a Chargers team that needs something to turn to gold very soon, I think that it would be the right pick. Just because, like you said, he's younger. I just like his intensity more. I think he would relate to a lot of younger players. I think he would get along with Justin Herbert pretty well. Um, and I just think that that team needs a culture change. They don't need an iconic guy like Bill Belichick to just not do anything different and stay the same. They need a guy to change everything, basically. Yeah, it, it, it's... um. It's one of those things where, listen, if you if you get either coach, it, it's a home run higher. Right. And, and I think that's what I think that's what both teams need. To be honest, Grant, I think when you're Las Vegas and you, you're trying to, you know, um, get your, your your fans pumped up for this team, mm-hmm. um, but but the Chargers definitely. I mean, sharing Los Angeles and SoFi with the Rams, the success that they've had, the success that they continue to have. Again, this was supposed to see to be the season. That yeah. the Chargers uh, went on maybe a Super Bowl run, and the Rams were, you know, getting get a top five pick, and it's the opposite. But um, all right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll talk about those red hot Clippers. When we come back right here on the Mightier Ten Ninety, it's with the California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier Ten Ninety ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 760 Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's head back out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. Joining us now, the full crew from the Sporting Tribune, Brandon Deutsch, Grant Mona, Jake Dicker. Uh, once again, we are going to dedicate this second segment uh, to the Lakers and perhaps uh, America's favorite coach, Darvin Ham. Um, listen, Brandon, I want to start with you here because, you know, you, you've uh, talked about shooting a lot and um the lakers are not a great shooting team this in particular though season low 13 percent from three point though as the lakers lose to the miami heat 110 96 or a below 500 team now um brandon your uh thoughts on uh this performance last night at crypto.com arena 
Abysmal, atrocious, horrendous. I mean, all the words. I mean, it's at this point, it's panic time. I know it's January. It's panic time. You cannot wait to the deadline. We've discussed this a few days ago. Um, you know, how they need to trade. And, you know, it's, it sucks because Russell's not even playing. Um, and, you know, at the fact of the matter is, as much as we don't, uh, love D'Angelo Russell's impact this year, he's one of their only offensive players that has capabilities, right? So, now it's like, okay, can we even trade him right now? Like, we need to figure out offense. We need more offensive players. Still, I think he's one of the only tradable contracts. But Ham's rotations, just awful. And yes, the Heat loss. Okay, Lakers fans on Twitter are already saying, no Rui Hachimura, no, no Gabe <laughs> Vincent. Like, brother, we haven't had Gabe Vincent a whole year. Okay, the guy is Kendrick Nunn 2.0. He might never put on a Laker uniform again. He could be hurt the whole year. Okay, and that's first off. And second off, uh, Rui's great, but it, I mean, Hams doesn't play him to begin with. So it's like, what are they complaining about? So for me, it's like, again, Arash, when Russell returns, if we don't see that lineup that Jake now knows the name of, the lineup that was really good last year that we won't say, um, if they don't run that out, Ham might be gone. Like I said, I don't think he'd be fired mid-year. Lakers are one of the only organizations because they're one of the biggest, possibly the biggest sports brand in the world that they can do that mid-year and fire him and get someone better. Like they might do that. They might just put grit, uh, Chris Gent up in there. They might hire that guy, uh, from the Nuggets. As long as they don't call Doc Rivers, I'm good with it. But by the way, I, I was also thinking about this because, you know, usually one of the question marks with the Lakers coming into the season is Anthony Davis. Can he stay healthy? If he's healthy, how well can he play? I mean, you're talking about another monster game for him. 29 points, 17 rebounds, six assists, three steals, five blocks. I mean, if you're getting that from Anthony Davis, and by the way, I know LeBron James had a season low 12 points. Um, he also added nine assists, six rebounds. But like, if Anthony Davis is giving you this, this is like high watermark, top 10, top five, maybe even player in the league. For you to be below 500 while he's on this run is atrocious, right? And and before everybody else goes, they're still a top 10 defensive team, and they're still under 500. What are championships won with? Defense. They're still top 10, and they still suck, which is crazy. Before Jake goes, goes, I want to say one thing. They are at the bottom of the league in giving up wide-open three-pointers, and I feel like every time I watch the Lakers, there's somebody just going off because they are just wide open on a broken coverage, whether they don't switch on a pick-and-roll, something like that. But Jake, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean... I know this has nothing to do with, with the coaching, but, um, and I, I do give the Lakers props because I think that they scout and they draft very well. Watching Jaime Hawkins out there putting up 16 and 8 while Jalen Hood Shafino, who the Lakers took one pick in front of him, um, in about four minutes goes what? I think it was 0 for 4, 0 for 5. Um, looked like one, he didn't. He had one really bad miss too that it's like, yeah, yeah one, one horrendous miss. Uh, um, is, is tough, but I mean, this is, this is, I'm not surprised by what we're seeing. I, I, I'm not. I mean, the, the Heat, their entire starting five and double figures, they're every, pretty much all eight guys who played besides the garbage two minutes down the stretch and double figures. Um, Lakers had two guys in their starting lineup that didn't score. Um, James Worthy said that on the post game show. He was pissed. Um, rightfully so, which you don't see very often when big game James starts talking the way he was talking on the post game show. You know, things aren't, uh, Smooth sailing. So it, the offense is, the offense is so stagnant at times. Like you watch, like you could really see the difference 
in in coaching and what a good coach can do for a basketball team tonight and what a bad coach can do to a basketball team. It's not because I don't even think that Darvin Ham isn't elevating this team anymore. I think that he is negatively affecting the way this yeah. team plays basketball. Um, and Eric Spolstra is the complete opposite of that, right? So it, it was it was tough to watch. They come out slow in the first quarter in every single game. Tonight was no, or last night was no different. Excuse me. Um, and it's it's I I don't want to fire the guy thirty five games into the season and then try and figure it out internally the rest of the way. But how much worse can it get? Yeah, I mean, so that that that's what we've talked about. You know, if if Rob Polinka and he's, I'm sure, going to sit down with the Kurt Genie and Linda, and you know, they believe that. Listen, like we have a good team here. Like, like, like we saw what this team could do at the end of last season. We saw what this team could do during the postseason. We saw again small sample size, first quarter of the season with the in season tournament. Like, like if they think that this is on Ham, if they don't think he's playing the right guys or that he's lost the locker room, I mean, this is where it could get very interesting. And again, I generally want to agree with Brandon, but uh, and what. Preparing in the set is like they may make a coaching change after the season. Um, he didn't think that they would make one during the season. However, Brandon, do you think that that could change? I mean, like, like if this kid continues and they get healthy and he's not playing Rui and he's not playing this lineup that again, not, not only do you guys love it, not only is it statistically great, we saw what they could do in the playoffs. So if, if, if Ham is holding this team back from being a contending team, do you think the Lakers could perhaps move to change coaches this season? Yeah, I again, I just said, yeah, absolutely. I think it's getting to the point where Arash, I mean, Jeannie said, she was in an interview, she said this a, a couple of years ago when they had Westbrook, right? And they have like, okay, we have one of the highest payrolls in the league and we had 33 wins, right? Like, that just doesn't, that's not Lakers basketball. Yeah. I mean, you have two superstars. You should, you, it, the thing is, we've seen this team. That team we never saw was good, okay? Yeah. And this team's much better than the Westbrook team, okay? Like, top to bottom, this is still a top 10 roster. I don't care what anybody says. And that's what makes it worse, okay, that they're 17 and 18. We saw how dominant they could be in the IST. We saw them go into Oklahoma City, who's playing some of the best basketball in the league, even though they lost the Hawks last night um, pretty badly. That was a back-to-back. We've seen them ascend already this year i know all the pieces aren't there but the only one constant we can talk all we want about d'angelo russell's not playing to his ability reeves isn't playing up to his contract Rui's not playing up to his we can say all that at the end of the day they're playing okay it's on the coach it's on the coach and at the end of the day when you have lebron james 39 years old anthony davis in his prime played 80 81 of the last 85 laker games which is crazy the excuse for Lakers, a lot of Lakers brass before was like, okay, we, we, Anthony Davis isn't healthy. LeBron isn't healthy. Well, they're healthy and you're still losing. So to me, that's coach. That's never happened. Not even in, in, um, you know, in Frank Vogel's era. Uh, and, and only when they had Westbrook for that brief stretch, but they even weren't healthy as much then. So my, my thing here is a rush. Maybe it's internally. Um, you know, the Lakers love Chris Jett. They love Phil Handy. Maybe they give one of them the role. At the end of the day, it's going to be about, what moves they make by the deadline and can Chris Gent, you know, actually coach this team better than Darvin Ham? I think at this point, yes. And I, there's a ton of other coaches that can. I, I wanted, I wanted to, to mention something because usually the, the past three years when the Lakers weren't doing well and that Westbrook, I guess, year, you could say, you know, we all, always call it that. 
it's always been about, okay, the reason the Lakers aren't doing well is because Anthony Davis isn't healthy. Okay, Anthony Davis is healthy this year. Oh, well, LeBron missed a little time here and there. LeBron's healthy. So now the excuse has to shift somewhere else. Because if you're going to say that LeBron and AD are finally healthy, they're finally playing to the peak of their powers, and LeBron had a bad game last night, and he's had a, a few bad games as of the last week. But LeBron and AD are healthy, and they're actually surrounded by what I thought were great players. So I, I don't know what else, like, you have to point at the coach, because there's really, I mean, I guess you could say the players and maybe a trade will fix it, but you finally have Anthony Davis playing the majority of games. I think he's only missed one or two games this year. And he's finally playing that excellent defense and offense that we're, we've come to know him for in that 2020 bubble run. So you have those two things, and it's still not working. So obviously the blame is going to go to the coach. It's going to go to the coaching staff. It's going to go to the front office. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I just don't see a path that they can take to fix a, a, a roster unless they make a three-for-one trade or a two-for-one trade. I've been advocating for this for a long time, and they have healthy players. Their two top players are healthy. Even Reeves has been healthy and playing great. And they're still under 500. So I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, just piggybacking off of that. I feel like the thing that we've said about the Lakers the last few years is it's been AD and LeBron, and then they figure out the rest of the roster, you know, every offseason, right? From last year to this year is the first year in a few years where there was some consistency, right? Like D'Angelo Russell's back, Austin Reeves back. They brought back Uri Hachimura. Um, and, and that, and they brought back Jared Vanderbilt. Like those are the guys that took you through the through the Memphis Grizzlies, through the Golden State Warriors, all the way to the Western Conference Finals last year. And then with an offseason and a training camp together, you expect that to gel a little bit more than it had over the course of the season going into this year, right? And it seemed like it had at the beginning of the year, and it has come crumbling down so fast. And I don't know who else that can fall on. I don't think it's the guys on the floor. Like, I, I, I just honestly, at this point, I don't. Well, so Jake, I mean, you bring up a great point. I mean, when we talk about consistency and bringing back the, you know, core group and the, and the guys who fueled this team to a Western Conference finals run, you talk about this group of players, this five man unit that has only played three minutes total together. So it's like, okay, yes, like they're back on the same roster, but it, it is, it, it is totally inexcusable that Darvin Ham has now played this roster that, again, when we talked about consistency and carryover and they've gelled together, well, it doesn't really matter because Darvin Ham is now playing these guys together. Um, wanted to give Grant and uh, the Clippers their flowers, though. Um, again, we've been focusing on the Lakers because, generally speaking, Car chases and train wrecks are more exciting than a well, a functioning team, a well-doiled machine. Uh, great. You know, we talked about the Rams as turning point being that Seattle game and you mentioned it that day. Like, I think this could be a, a turning point. Uh, December 1st, what the run the Clippers have had, I think 13 and two. Um, can you pinpoint a moment, a game, a play? How is this team now the hottest team? Not only just in the league, but I mean, they're moving up the charts. Not only are they the four seed in the West, they're only three games back at the number one seed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was that, like we mentioned, if people are listening, we talked about the Pistons and all, and Brandon kept saying all they needed was that one win to just get it off their back. 
that's exactly what that Houston Rockets game where James Harden hit the three to win the game and he got the and one. That was their first win to break that six-game losing streak. And from then on, it has been smooth sailing. Um, they're 18 and five in their last 23. They're 13 and two in their last 15. They've won 11 straight games with Kawhi Leonard in the lineup. Of course, he missed four games. Um, and it's not a rush like they're beating Charlotte and they're beating Detroit and they're beating all these. They are beating some of the best teams in basketball. They just beat the Heat. They just beat Phoenix last night. Um, they've beaten Denver in this streak. They've beaten Dallas. They've beaten Golden State. I know Golden State's on the fringe of the play-in, but they're still playing good basketball. Um, this Clippers team with James Harden, he's transformed that offense. Um, and he's a third option, which makes his playoff, like, you know, Brandon likes to mention the playoff thing. James Harden's always been a number two or number one in the playoffs. Now he's a number three. Because Paul George and Kawhi are the main scorers on the team still. I know James Harden can still put the ball on the floor, get to the rim, make his outside shots. He's been doing a great job of that. The Clippers' defense is top 10. Their offense is slowly creeping up there. Um, their, their net rating is excellent. Um, they, this trio of PG, Harden, and Kawhi has not lost a game since November 30th, which is unbelievable to me. That's a long time. And... Um, Obviously, the questions, though, are, are are still there. Are they going to be like this in April? Are they going to be whole in April? This is the first time I, I remember, Arash, where I looked at an injury report and it said clean. I, I know, cannot seriously. even believe that. Yeah. So hopefully the good luck continues. I know it's it's kind of flip-flop with the Lakers and Clippers' expectations so far. But, um, yeah, they are rolling, rolling, rolling right now. Brandon, you and I both had the Clippers, if not going to the conference finals, like we may even had them in the finals a year ago. And then I think we both just said, fool me once, twice, three times. Like, 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 like we just weren't going to go back to that well. And then they make the Harden trade and it was at least for the first 10 games a disaster. And now this run that they've had, um, just, just viewing it big picture, your thoughts on the Clippers. Yeah, I still don't trust them in the playoffs uh, just because of what I've seen with James Harden, uh, you know, I, and what I've seen with the Clippers, right? Like in the playoffs, I, they've always been a regular season team. Uh, is this the biggest machine they've had since they've had Kawhi and, and George? Absolutely. Does that change anything? No, I still think they'll lose in the Western Conference Finals. Now, for Grant's happiness, I hope they win it all because it looks like the Lakers have no shot this year, <laughs> and I want Grant to be happy. So Not I February they, yet. We'll I hope. See. I honestly, if they win it all, it's going to change nothing about Los Angeles sports. There's still going to be 99% Laker fans. So I again, like I've never had a problem with the Clippers. I don't know why some Laker fans have problems with the Clippers. They're they're going to have their own stadium, whatever. I think it, they're going to win on defense. Health, 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 health. And what did we say, Grant? What did we say with Jihei about five weeks ago? They need to play more games in the regular season yeah. because they cannot just go in and go full strength at the end and expect to stay healthy in the postseason yeah. because postseason basketball is tough. It's more grit. There's more defense. And your body has to work up to that, which is why it's so important Davis has played the whole year for the Lakers. And same thing for Kawhi and George for the most part. So I think, you know, that gives them for certainly a better shot. If Harden's able to surrender his ego in the playoffs, look out. They could go really far. Jake, I don't see the Clippers going on an amazing run and opening up into a dome by hanging a championship banner. But one thing that, that I did love about this team, and, and I, from everything that I've been told, like they, they didn't do it purposely, 
this is the greatest collection of homegrown talent we've ever seen. And I'm not going out on a limb here. I mean, you know, James Harden and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Russell Westbrook. I mean, these are, are all homegrown stars. I mean, I, I like even if they got to their first ever finals. I mean, listen, if they got that far, like you want to win the darn thing. But uh, what do you think? it would mean if this particular team, and I bring up the homegrown talent because I think it matters. I mean, I, I, at least I grew up covering these guys in high school. Does that move the needle a little bit? Yeah. I mean, they also, Norman Powell, I know he's a San Diego kid, yeah. but he played at UCLA. Yeah. Brandon Boston Jr. played at Sierra Canyon for a year. So those are two other guys that have, you know, ties to Southern California pre-NBA. Um, I mean, I think it's, I think it's just a great, I think a great storylines, right? Like Russell Westbrook, you know, like he was, you got him, you got Paul George, like these guys that grew up here and were big parts of the high school basketball scene when they were, you know, playing, playing in those games. Um, to be able to come together and, and do it, you know, for not, it's not like they're doing this in Memphis or they're doing yeah. it, you know, like they're doing it here, um, in LA. And as much as I would love the Clippers to lose every game they play, I would, I mean, if it's not the Lakers, sure. Like I would love to see this collection of LA, you know, homegrown guys you know, win a championship in this city. That would be, I, they, they could make a movie about that. Yeah, no, Jake, I, that is great coming <laughs> from a Laker. Oh my goodness. What is going on? I love oh, it. Sports, they got, they got, sports. they got UCLA guys like Russ. Russ was my favorite guy at UCLA. Um, and was my favorite player in the league until he was a Laker. Actually, I was asked today if I want the Lakers to trade for Zach Levine. And I said, no, because I love Zach Levine. And then I don't want him to come to Lakers and stink it up here. And then I have to hate him. Like I do Russ. He would oh, not be true. a good fit on the Lakers. <laughs> Contract contracts a little fat too. All right, last quick thing, and I want to get uh, Grant and Brandon's uh, thoughts real quick because we touched on it in the first segment. Carson Wentz versus Sam Darnold. I think this is a great opportunity for both of these guys, two <laughs> former top two picks. Um, who has the better chance to be a starting quarterback next season? Uh, Brandon, you first. Real Sam good. Darnold. Sam Darnold. Um, I, I just think, you know, you're in a Shanahan system for a year and look at what Beathard's doing now in Jacksonville. I know it's against the Panthers, but at least he looked serviceable. Half the QBs in the league looked like the, some of the worst QBs I've ever seen this year, including Ripian, Grant's favorite. <laughs> um, but they're going to make a 30 for 30 about this Darnold versus, uh, Wentz. Game. <laughs> it's going to feed generations, families for generations. <laughs> I don't have much else to say. Really quick, just because you guys were on the first segment. Uh, Grant said, and I think just because of the losing streak, that if Carson Wentz leads the Rams to victory, he will go down as a Rams legend. Rams legend. I I have to hold Grant to that. Maybe like a year ago, he got a Baker Mayfield. Or he, you previously already had a Baker Mayfield jersey, but maybe he'll have to get a Carson Wentz Rams jersey. I'm doing it. I'm Um, doing it. I mean, guys, like I'm pumped up for that game. I I think it'll be fun. And I'm just just as a USC guy, I'm pumped up to see Sam Darnold play that game. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, "Stay safe, stay healthy." This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.